We're in the book of Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start where we were last week, and we're going to keep pushing forward. It says in Philippians chapter 3, yea, verse number 8, verse 8, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. We're talking about someone who already has Christ, who is already in Christ. Someone who is saved, but someone who wants to be as Christ-like as possible right now. And he said, I'm willing to count all things but loss in order to be as close as I can be right now to what I will be when I get to heaven. He says in verse 9, here's why it's possible. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So the righteousness that you need, that I need to go to heaven, is transferred to your account when you trust Christ as your Savior. It's not your righteousness. Someone put it in your account. God did when you asked Christ to forgive your sins, when you say, God, I know I'm a sinner, I deserve to go to hell, but you said you'd save me, you said you would reconcile me to yourself if I trust in what Jesus did on the cross. When you do that, you look at your account and it's like, I'm used to being overdrawn, but now it's like I'm a billionaire. How did that happen? It happened because God did it for you. See, that's why it's so foolish to think you could ever work your way to heaven. Because you know how hard you work and you know how, how quickly your bank account of righteousness gets emptied. And so you know there's no way you're ever going to be a billionaire. But in Christ, if Christ were to give you the funds, when I say funds, you understand what I mean? If he were to give you his righteousness, what would your life be like? Christian. Could you pick up right now and go anywhere for Christ? There's a corollary in the financial realm. Could you just like, okay, I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm headed to, you remember that commercial from years ago? The guy takes a dart and throws it behind him at the map. And he's like, oh, I think it was Iceland or something. He's like, I don't know where that, I've never been there. I want to go there. You know, you have the same power spiritually. Wherever Christ would go, he said greater works than these shall he do. You and I can do greater works than Christ. Why? Because I go to my Father. He left behind the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins the process, when we get saved, of turning us in to a person who looks and acts like Jesus Christ. Now, physically, that doesn't happen until we get to heaven. But spiritually, the access is already there. You got, you know, teen camps. Have you ever been to a teen camp? Young people come crawling down the aisle like slugs. Pray for me that I can get victory over sin. You already have victory over sin in Christ. He's already won the victory. I just like to be a different person. Who am I? Give me an enneagram. Enneagram. Somebody give me something. I got to know who I am. I tell you who you are. You are exactly what Christ wants you to be. And the more you search and seek after him, the more you'll find, you'll find yourself. The Bible says that we'll be found in him here. Be found in him. Who am I? I don't know who I am. 
I'll tell you who you are. If you're a child of God, you are in Christ, destined for every part of you to look like Christ. That's who you are. Galatians 2.20. Verse number 10. He says that I may know him. He already knows him in salvation. But he wants to know him like he will know him then. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He's saying, I want to know him. He's going to be resurrected. He believes that. He knows that. But he said, I want to know him now. If I could even attain unto what I will be like when I get to heaven, I would love to do that. And that's what I want to do. But he says in verse 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, I'm not there yet, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. What does apprehended mean? It means caught. Somebody caught hold. Peter in Acts chapter 12 was apprehended by soldiers. They want to take him and put him into prison. So it's, it's grabbing hold of this thing. Paul said, Jesus grabbed a hold of me, and now I'm looking up at him and saying, why'd you grab a hold of me? I want to know why. What, what's the purpose that you have for me? You ever heard of LARPing? Live action role playing? You know what people do? They, they dress up in a particular age, maybe a medieval, you know, or samurai. Go out in the park. All dressed up. They're pretending to be what they're not. You and I have an opportunity for live action role playing. Except we're not pretending to be what we're not. Our flesh is going to make us feel like we are, pretending to be what we're not. Why? Your flesh is not saved. You know the reason why you haven't read your Bible this week? Because you didn't want to. Right? I mean, you don't have, I'm not expecting to say amen. Like, who would say amen right there? But that's the thing. Our flesh doesn't care. Our flesh says this world is, all it's at, is where it's at. The only thing I can hope for is a big gulp at 7-Eleven on the way home. That's all I can hope for. The flesh just thinks small. It just lives a little tiny world of existence just like everything else. But if you're a child of God, you have a new creature inside of you. You're not the failure that the flesh tells you you are. You're not the horrible, terrible person. And by the way, you're not the great uh, example of humanity that the flesh tells you that you are. You know what? That flesh, I forget all that. I count all those things but loss because I want to be found in him. He said he's in me. I want to see what he can do in me. I want to live as if I were in heaven. And you know what your flesh says? You can't fly. How's that working out for you? You're going to die. How's that? No, no, no. We're not talking about the physical flesh. The flesh is doomed. It's doomed. He's going to have to change your flesh before you get to heaven. But that spirit inside of you, how much does the spirit of Christ change from now to when you get to heaven? It does not change. The spirit of Christ is in you. 
So we, what do we believe? We believe we're wicked, horrible, terrible. I can't. I'm just, you know, just barely making it. I don't know. I just need some hope. I can tell you this. That's not the spirit of Christ in you. Amen. That's your old nature. And if you're not careful, you listen to that frequency, you tune to that frequency, and you listen to that 24-7, and you wonder why you feel that way. Why? Because in your life, it's like this. When I was a kid, I used to listen to bluegrass music. I've told you this story before. I listened to it, and I'm, set, I'm 12, 13 years old, and you know how bluegrass is? They got the, you know, bless, Ma, bless the Lord, Aunt Mama loves me, and I love Mama's side. And then they got the side, always talking about how their wife left them, or is about to leave them, and their dog left them, and, you know, all of that. So sorry. And I'm sitting there one day, and I'm feeling melancholy. You know, she's gone. She's gone. And then I thought, wait a minute. She was never here. <laughs> why am I worried about someone who was never here? You know why? The more you listen to that junk, the more you think you are that junk. You're, 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 you're not ice spice or spice ice, whoever that is. You're, you're not Taylor Swift. You're not, she, by the way, she's not Taylor Swift. <laughs> She's, putting, she's doing her very best to put out an image to make sure that everybody knows that this is my real life. And even the struggles are a part of the shtick. You see, we're not looking for any person or any image or any personality to morph our life after. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. You, don't want to, you want to know who you really are? You can't know who you are in the flesh. He said, now we know henceforth no man after the flesh. Why? Because your flesh is wicked, you can't live a Christian life based on the flesh. Now you can pretty it up, you can put lipstick on the pig, thank God for it. But you can't be, what? Your flesh is not going to heaven. You know the reason why you, you're hurting today physically? You know the reason why you have that pain, that migraine? You know the reason why you have cancer and all those things? Because your flesh is corrupted and corruptible. It is going to pass away. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. It will last forever. Now, which of them is more real? That's why he said bodily exercise profited little. Not that you shouldn't work out, not that you shouldn't try to have a healthy body, but no matter how healthy it gets, no matter how many miles you run or how many greens you juice, you're going to die physically. And by the way, even if you don't die, just on a side note, even if you get raptured, your physical body at its prime condition cannot hold a candle to your new body in heaven. Right? So that's why he says we're not focused on the flesh here. I'm not thinking about the flesh. I'm thinking about the spirit. I'm thinking about what's going on in the future. What's going to happen? Notice he says, I'm not perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, verse 13, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark. Now, I want to, I want to remind you of something. We talk about Paul 
Paul and, and the Apostle Paul and how God is, he gave him as the apostle to the church. And he gave him the revelation of the, of the mystery of the church and the gospel, the grace of God and many of those things. And those are all true. But when he says, brethren, I count not myself. He is not saying, I, Paul, this is what I do. And I don't know what you all are doing, but this is what I'm doing. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul. The Holy Spirit is telling each of us what our attitude ought to be individually. So we should be saying, this is what we should be saying. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, and insert your name, this one thing Jonathan Marshall does, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark. So we're going to look at three areas. Three areas, the past, the present, and the future. First of all, the past. The past for Paul the past for us should be closed. Closed. Forgetting those things which are behind. A closed past. You need to forget the winds. That's what Paul said. Hey, I was born of the stock of Israel, circumcised the eighth day of the, of the stock of Israel, uh, of a Hebrew of the Hebrews, the tribe of Benjamin. He goes on to talk about that in chapter 3. You can read that. Those were all winds for Paul. Paul said, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss. If you, you said, Christian, if you were like Paul, this is what you would say. How many wins have you had? Zero. How many games have you won? I haven't won any. Now, Paul, what are you talking about? You've won some games. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've won a lot of them. I won a lot of them. He said, but now all that is loss. Why? Because I found a better game to play. I found a better race to run. And it, it, it far surpasses any other race that I've ever been in. So the wins, I don't have any. He said, I'm in the greatest race in the universe. I get to run in the steps of the Son of God himself. In fact, I've already won the race in Christ. And I just want to see if I can catch up to the person I will be when I get to heaven. You ever read those stories where it's uh, alternate universes, different timelines? If this happens, then that's going to happen. And if that doesn't happen, then something's going to be different here. And, and, and sometimes you see like the two worlds trying to meet the past, the present, the future. That's kind of what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I know what I'm going to be when I get to heaven, but I'm working right now to see if I can merge the present and the future. It's crazy. It's crazy. By the way, that's how you save money. You think about how much money you want to have in the future, and then you work to merge the present with the future. And before you know it, the present becomes the future. You say, I want to have that job. I want to get that promotion. Well, do you have it now? No, but I want to someday. What is it? You try to make your present match up with the future. Well, I want to get married someday. Well, that's a wonderful goal. Well, I want to make sure I have the right one. In your mind, what's the right one? Who's the right one? Okay, so in your mind, you have this ideal. And by the way, you ought to have an ideal about who to marry based on what the scripture says. Not based on how hot the person is. Because some of us, we used to be better looking than we are. And that's not saying a whole lot. 
Right? What happens as you get older? Things start, you, you, you can't trust in your flesh. Somebody said when you're 16, take a picture. That's as good as it gets. Amen. <laughs> hey, the problem we have is this idea. We're going to beat the system. We're going to be the one person that is better and better and better and better. Question for you. How's that working out? It doesn't work out. It doesn't. So the win column, I should look back at the past and say, I'm not worried about any wins that I had because it doesn't matter. I'm in a different race right now than I've ever been in my life. I'm trying to match that future with the present. I'm trying to bring the ideal, not just my ideal, but Christ's ideal, into my present life. He says, also, I need to forget the losses. You know, did you, did you see what he said there in Philippians chapter 3? You see where he said, verse number 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Did you catch that? Anybody? Am I the only one in here today? <laughs> it's okay. Nobody's going to come and take you away. Did you see that in verse 6? Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. When Paul was writing that, his resume, his, his history, was that in the win column? It was. He was saying, that's something that made me a winner. I was a champion because I was so zealous that I persecuted the church. Why? The church was her- a bunch of heretics. They were worshiping a false god, Jesus Christ, and I was going to put them to death. But do you know what's interesting? As time went on, Paul changed his heart about that. In fact, when he met Jesus Christ, everything changed. But later on in his life, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he, in chapter 15, he said, I am the least of the apostles. He said, that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. You know what used to be that Paul's wins were, I persecuted the church, but now, because of Jesus Christ, that was not a win, that was something he was ashamed of. He's ashamed of it. You see, the further we go with God, the more distasteful the things of our former life become. You used to be proud about doing things that now you're ashamed that you did. That ought to be the testimony of every believer. What things were gained to me, those I counted loss. He says in, first, in chapter 15, verse 10, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Some of you have major setbacks and losses in your life, and you live with the fear of people finding out. You live with the shame of what you did to other people or what happened as a result of actions that you took. And listen, we all, if you've lived for any length of time, you have regrets But I'm happy to tell you, as a believer, you have a closed past. Closed. The file is sealed. Yes, you may have to bear the the effects, the after effects, the aftershocks of those things. But God doesn't want you living in the past. He wants you living right now, looking at the future. He said, forgetting those things which which are behind are you, are you living in the memory of those things? You know what the devil likes to do? 
The devil, once you get saved, he tries to keep you from getting saved. And then once you get saved, he says, you should have gotten saved a whole lot sooner. Boy, if you would have found Christ, you would have avoided this and that and this. And you would have been a, so much a better person. And your kids would have been so much further ahead. And, and you would have had so many more opportunities to serve the Lord. And you would have had so many wins. Forget it. Stop looking in the past. It's not helping you. Hey, church, we need to stop looking in the past. Forgetting those things which are behind. Whether they be losses or wins. You see, nostalgia sometimes can kill us. Let me help you with that. Anything good that happened back there happened because of a good God. And I'm pleased to tell you, that good God does not live in the past. He said, I am that I am. Anything good you had in the past came from God, and God is here. So anything good you're going to get here is going to come from the same God. And if he gave it to you back there, he can give it to you now. By the way, you can't go back and get that anyhow. How can you do it? The devil loves to push us either forward or backward and say, you'll never, you'll never be happy where you are. You can't be. Why? They took it from you. Those people ruined your life. Paul said, I forget those things which are behind. Why? Nobody ruined my life. Nobody can take the choice that I have to serve my God away from me. You say, you don't know what happened to me. You're right, I don't. I don't. But God does. And God says, I am that I am. He's alive right now. You know what you should do? You should forget the past. Forget it. You know that creeps up. It seeps into our hearts. But today, I am forgetting today. Notice the word. It's a present tense verb. Forgetting, forgetting, forgetting. Oh, I had such great times. Thank God for them. It was a good God that gave you such great times. And that good God is not living in the past. He's living today. Well, why did God allow that? I do not know. I do not know. I have no answers for you. But at the end of the day, if you know you're going to heaven where a just and fair God is going to make all things new and he's going to make all things right, you're headed that direction. Things are not all perfect in the past, but you're headed to a place where they will be perfect. Why would you turn around and face this direction? Past is closed. I'll tell you a reason why many people do it. Many people live in the past because it's an excuse for not living today. I don't know what I, what I should act like. I don't know what this life is. I only know what life used to be. Here's what Paul said. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now, where is he reaching? Now, there's a little bit of crazy mental stuff, which you know me, I'd like to do weird mental things. Uh, you don't laugh at that, okay. <laughs> reaching forth. When is he reaching forth? Out here? Or right here? This is the present. That's the past. That's the future. When is he reaching forth? In the present. 
You see, the, the odd thing is this. Some people say, don't live in the future, don't live in the past, live today. That's true. But if you live today, it's really hard to live today. I'm living today, today, and just today. It's like biting your own teeth. You can't just exist. Now, sometimes you need to crash. You need to recharge. But if your whole life is recharging, what are you recharging for? Like you crash all day, every day. For what? I need to conserve my strength in order to accomplish what? You're not here just for today. You are to enjoy the present. How do you enjoy the present? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth. I don't wish I was up there. I'm reaching for it because I know it's coming whether I like it or not. When you're driving down the road, I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes I just wish I was there. Man, when they get self-driving cars, I am in. And so I'm like, I would never. Well, you don't have to because I will. And I'm in, why? I want to do other things. I don't want to sit there the whole time as we drive hours and hours and hours. I want my car to do it so I can, you know, do what I normally do, look at my phone. <laughs> right? In the present, my job as a believer is to be thankful and to love the Lord and to be grateful, but there's a part of me that needs to reach forth. And here's what happened to believers. Believers, they grow and they, they move forward and they think, I want to serve God, I want to do what's right. And there comes a point where we reach a real equilibrium. And sometimes it's connected with the American dream. Sometimes it's connected with getting tired, worn out, whatever it is. But they stop reaching forth. But I want you to see here, he says reaching forth to those things that are before. This is a certain future. The past is closed. This is a certain future. He didn't say reaching forth unto those things which might come. Just have a positive attitude. Just, just have a, 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 a mindset that thinks good things are going to happen to me today. And they might happen to you. That's not what he's saying. Somebody said, if you wish upon a star, your, your, your dreams could come true. Unless, of course, it's a meteor hurtling towards earth, in which case you're pretty much hosed no matter what you wish for, unless it's death by meteor. Now, I think that's a great statement. We're not talking about wishing that maybe someday something good. No, he said reaching forth unto those things which are before. Definite. This is, the, this is the wonderful thing about being a Christian. You don't have to wonder about what's coming. You know 100% sure when I leave this world, absent from the body, present with the Lord. I am going to be with Christ forever. And by the way, not just playing a cloud and floating around on a, on a, a playing a harp and floating around in a cloud. I'm going to be with Christ forever. There's a certain future. I'm going to be completely like Jesus Christ. And he is saying this. I'm reaching forth right now in the present. I am reaching forth to that, that I will be conformed to the image of Christ. In other words, I'm going to act and I'm going to look and talk and respond and react in my relationships as Jesus Christ because he's in me. And I'm, kind of, I'm trying to, right now, I want to reach, if I could just get it right now, that posture is one of leaning, reaching forth. Now, I can't get in a time machine and go forward, but right now, in the present, I can reach. And so that leads us to this. 
The closed past and the certain future leads us to the concentrated present. Right now, concentrated. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. So here's a runner. He's racing with his head forward, with his, with his body bent and angled, and, and his eyes are focused, and he sees nothing but that final tape. That's all he's running for. That's what we have here. Forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forth into those things that are before, I press toward the mark. So we see two things about this concentrated present. Number one, why he's running, and number two, how he's running. Okay, let's ask, why is he running? He's running for the prize of the high calling of God. Now, this may seem like, okay, I know, and heaven, we're going to get rewards. He's not talking about a heavenly reward. Now, he will no doubt be rewarded. You and I will be rewarded in heaven. But he's talking about something that you can have right now. The process is already in place to deliver the final gift. This is almost like ordering something from Amazon. You know it's coming, and they give you updates every 20 seconds of where it is. Stop to get some water. Bathroom break. Headed your way. Get some coffee. Met with another driver. Nice guy. On the way. Like they're giving you updates. You know what it looks like. You know it's coming. And then, one of these days, it's going to be there. So here what we have is Paul. Paul is saying, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the high calling of God, what does that mean? Well, God obviously is high. He's up there very high, and he's calling us. Yes, that is. What is he calling us to? Take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. This is, this is the prize and ours as Paul's, that he is looking for. Verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called, the prize of the high calling of God, the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. When you get saved, you are called according to his purpose. When you join the Marines... You have been called to look like that guy right there. They shave your head. They make you act the same. Say, sir, yes, sir. They make you do all kinds of crazy stuff. Why? That's what it means to be in the Marines. They're going to conform you into that thing. You go to work at Chipotle. Or let's say you go to work at Starbucks. There there are certain places, Chick-fil-A. What's going to happen? You're going to be conformed into the image of my pleasure. I don't know if you heard about this. It was a little a minor, uh, a minor crisis this week. A couple of Chick-fil-A employees got caught in an endless uh, vortex of saying "my pleasure" to one another. My pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. It took a while. They had to kind of it slowed the line down for a while. They finally got that cleared. But that's you. You know, if you're going to join up Chick-fil-A, you're going to end up saying "my pleasure" like a hundred thousand times a day. And, and you're going to look sharp. Hey, I, I say put Chick-fil-A in charge of the border. They'll get that thing figured out. <laughs> Take care of business. Uh, but why? Because they have definite underst- ideas. They have policies. They have training. That, that, I mean, out their nose. They are ready to change you 
into, and I, I had, I had, you know, I know somebody who went to work there, couldn't quite fit in. They're like, you're out. <laughs> out. Our pleasure, out. Go. <laughs> Why? Because they have ideas of what they want. When you become a Christian, guys, it's not, well, I really think Jesus wants blah, 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 blah. It's not a hometown buffet Christianity. It's not a, you know, you, you pick three. God said you're going to be conformed to the image of his son. That's my purpose. You want to know why sometimes you're, str- you're struggling? You're, you, you feel like you're lost? Because you're trying to take your purpose and force, foot it, force fit it down. It doesn't fit. Stop trying to fit your ideas of Jesus over top of your life. They don't fit. How about this? Relax and let the Holy Spirit of God, which is in you, change you into the image of Christ. That's what he wants to do. Look what he says, verse number 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate not to be saved. It's not talking about God chooses some people to be saved before the foundation of the world. No, he said predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Wow. He said, I love Jesus so much, I want a whole bunch of Jesuses. That's what, Je- that's what God the Father said. I really, really, really like God the Son, and I want all of the people in my family to look like him. And so that's my whole purpose. God wants you to look like Jesus Christ. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, verse 30, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Take your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Man, what a marvelous, what a marvelous plan that God's given us. Ephesians chapter 4. He says in verse number 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. What's the vocation with them? It's the prize of the high calling of God, to be conformed to the image of Christ. Wherefore, verse number 8, wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 10, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. This is the high calling of God. The high calling of God is this. I want you to look like my son up here. I brought you into my family. Come on. Hey, get ready. I'm going to take you out of here. But before then, I want you to stay down there, and I want to see how much you, I can do through the Spirit of God in you before I do it physically with your body. Yeah, yeah, just surrender to him. Well, I know, I know you can't. He can. He's inside of you. Well, I, I know it sounds weird. I know it's not what you think. It's what I think. Just listen to him. Yeah, I know it hurts because it's going to change. I know it's changing you. I, I, know you're, I know you don't want to feel that way. Stop resisting. When you get up here, it's going to happen anyhow. Just relax. Let him work in you. You know what Christians do? They get saved. Oh, thank God. I don't have to go to hell. Thank God. All right, God, tell you what. I'll have my people call your people when it's convenient with my schedule. But until then, I got fish to fry. I got stuff to do. I got grandkids to watch. I got a a ladder at work to climb. I got a car to buy. I got all this stuff that I've got to do. And listen, we have to do all that anyhow, don't we? 
The Lord says, oh yeah, you got to eat. If you don't provide for your own, you're worse than an infidel. How about this? How about let me live my life through you? Surrender to my conforming. See, we don't want to be conformed. You know what that means? Forming. Conformed to the image. The Lord is pushing on you. He's prodding you. He's gentle, but he's serious. He wants to change your life. He wants to change how you think, how you act, and how you interact. Well, I don't want it. Well, the Lord is very, very kind. He will let you live your life if you want to live it. You want to push? Push back. But God is kind, and he gives us, look what he gives us. Verse number 11, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Paul said, I don't think I'm already perfect. But the Lord gives pastors and teachers to help perfect you for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the what? Body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Paul said this, one thing I do. You know what my life is about? My life is about the Son of God. He said, unity of the faith, under the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be, am I going crazy? Is this too much Bible for you today? Is it? Sometimes I wonder if it's like, what are you even talking about? Just say God's good, devil's bad, let's go. <laughs> this, is, this is like heavy stuff in some ways because it goes directly against American Christianity, which says God just really, really loves you and he wants you to be happy. And that is true. But you can't make yourself happy. Only God can make you truly happy. How does he do it? By making you holy. His son is holy. He wants you to be holy. Well, what can I watch? What can I listen to? Whatever you want that honors Jesus. Whatever will help you be conformed to the holy son of God. You can do whatever you want. As long as you're saying, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. I'm going to be like you when I get to heaven anyhow. So I surrender all, Lord. Here you go. I count all things but loss. That's what he's talking about. And he gives pastors and teachers to help bring the body of Christ into the unity under the measure of the stature. So we are literally forming the body of Jesus Christ on this earth. In, not in the physical realm. Not like the Tower of Babel, whose top may reach unto heaven. No, in the spiritual realm. You see, God wasn't wanting to build a, 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 a tower. He wanted to build a ladder. A ladder. The Bible says that Joseph had a dream about this ladder, and it was, uh, it, it was the angels were ascending and descending upon it up to heaven. Who's the ladder? Jesus Christ. Jesus said, there's coming a day when you're going to see the, the angels descending and descending upon the Son of Man. Isn't that crazy? Jesus is the ladder. The body of Christ Man wants to build a tower to get to heaven. No, Jesus said, I'm the bridge. I am the way. You and I have a privilege of coming together and forming the body of Christ. And what does he say? That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine on YouTube by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive 
Not that, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Say those next four words with me, church. Ready? Grow up into him. Let's say it again. Grow up into him. One more time. How about this? Let's all say it together. Here we go. Ready? Grow up into him. That's God's design. When you get saved, Jesus comes inside of you to live. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, Jesus wants you to grow up inside of him. It's both. So what's the, what's the prize of the high calling? The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus is not just that when I get to heaven, I'll be conformed to the image of Christ, but right now, I can live in victory. I have access to the power of God through the Spirit. I mean, it's so incredible. It's so mystical. We don't even believe it. We, we don't even believe that it's possible. Why? Because we think, well, I'm just nothing. I'm nobody. I'm just a sinner. Say, listen, Paul said, I am ready. I am ready. I press. I'm, any open doors, I'm going through them. I'm going through them. Let me ask you this question. Let me take some of you know, many of you know Pastor Sowell. Some of you don't know him, but he's our former pastor, pastored 40 years. Would you consider him Christ-like? That should be an easy answer. Yes. Do you think he was as Christ-like when he got saved as when he retired from 40 years of pastoring? Spiritually speaking, of course he was. But how much of Christ he had been conformed to certainly increased over those 40 years. Let me ask you this. Was that something that God just, some people got it, some, some ain't got it, some people got it. That's just, I mean, that's Pastor Saul for you. No. He allowed God to work in his life. He surrendered things that were important to him to God and said, God, not my will, but thine. He allowed God to change him. He allowed himself to be shamed and humbled many, many times and said, Lord, I want your glory. That's how many of you who have walked with Christ, who have a testimony of an example of being like Christ, that's how you got there. You didn't get there because some people got it and some ain't. You got it by surrendering. You got it by in the moment reaching forth. You know what sometimes Christians do? They get to a point and they stop reaching forth. They stop stretching out. God wants you right now to be conformed to the image of Christ. You say, well, I can't do it perfectly, so I don't want to do it at all. No, No, don't be a brat. Relax. You're not that great, but you've got Jesus. And he can help you. He can help you right now to be more. He can help you stop throwing a fit and using cuss words all the time. He can can help you stop being so envious and snippy and critical of people. He can help you stop coveting everything you see on Amazon and everything you see in the mall. He can help you with all of those things sometimes that no one else sees. He can help you with that. If in this moment right now, you forget the things that are behind... And you reach forth on other things as are before. And then the concentrated present is this. It's not just the mark that he, the prize that he's searching for. Notice, how does he get that prize? Here is how he runs. 
focused pressure toward a fixed target. That's what he's talking about. The mark is not the prize. I press toward the mark, the finish line, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. you got to have something you're aiming at. Now, in a sense, the mark is the prize. I get that. But the, but the point I'm making here is that it's a target. It's a goal. It's not just, well, some of us won't be rewarded when we get to heaven, and I'm just happy to be in heaven. You're not, it, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. Paul said, I want to know why God saved me. I'm glad I'm saved. That's step number one. Get saved. If you're not saved, you better get saved. But once you are saved, step number two is not do whatever I want while I'm here because I'm saved anyhow. Step number two is find out why God saved me. What did you say? Why don't, because can I tell you that everything that you can do here, you'll do better in heaven. I mean, you'll be able to talk directly with the Son of God, sing, You'll be able to sing. You'll be able to show love and charity to other people so much better than you ever could here. But why does he leave us here? That's the question. Why am I here? What's the point? Here's what he has. He has a mark. I understand that God wants me to conform to the image of his son. Right now, I'm pressing towards that mark. I'm not doing it just to get a prize. I, 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 in other words, I know the prize is coming, but I got to have a mark. I got to have a mark that I'm pushing towards. You know what Jonathan said to David? He said, I will shoot three arrows on the side thereof as though I shot at a mark. It's a target, it's a goal. You can't get the prize without pressing toward the mark. And pressing toward the mark is how Paul expects to receive the prize. Now, some people say, I'm just an old country boy. I ain't got no ambitions and no goals. The absence of a mark does not bring satisfaction because mankind still has a deep-seated need for accomplishment. That's why you watch games with a clock. Right? I, I, you ever play a game where they're like, let's not keep score. Let's just be spiritual. Not interested. Not interested. I, I, I want to have a score and I want to have a clock. I want to know where are we going? What are we playing to? That's what Paul had. A mark. What are we playing to? What's the mark? Well, the mark is this. I want to find out how Christ-like I can be. Look at verse number 12 back in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We're coming in for the landing here, folks. Philippians 3.12, not as though I had already attained. He said, I'm not there yet. Either we're already perfect, but I follow after. I'm leaning into it. Now, I'm sure that we have to lean in, press in different ways than we used to as our physical body changes. But Christian, the outward man perished. The inward man is renewed day by day. Your spirit is is not any older than it was when you got saved. I'm talking to the older believers in our church. The devil will lie to you and say, oh, I'm just about to coast into the promised land. Your spirit's not tired. Your flesh is tired. You might have to lean and press differently than you used to because of your physical health. But Paul said, I press toward the mark. I'm doing it right now. How are you leaning in, Christian? Are you leaning into your Bible? 
Are you leaning into your prayer life? Are you leaning into the gospel? Are you leaning into charity to other brothers and sisters? You see, what happens is this. If we don't lean in towards the things of God, we'll lean in towards the things of our own flesh. How much of your own time this week was about you and what you want to do? He's running by having focused pressure. I press toward the markets. Pressure towards this fixed target. What is your fixed target? Well, it's, you know, it's good to be in church sometime. Make sure you hit, hit up Jesus there at the Hope Baptist Nursing Home. I'm not, I'm not just trying to be sarcastic. We, we think, what's our focus? Like, what's the goal? Why are we here? Don't you get tired of these questions for me? I know you do. I know you do. But this, this is, this is the, the context, and, and this is really the whole focus of the Christian life, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know Jesus right now as much as I can, just like I'll know him when I get to heaven. So it's this mark that you have, a fixed mark, and you're applying pressure. And Paul said, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I'm leaning into it. You see, sometimes you get tired of leaning into it. When I was growing up, we had a bus. Monster bus used to be a, a Greyhound bus. And uh, sometimes we would park it in various places, traveled around. You know, we would park it in places, and, and it would be a good place when we parked it. And then the rain would come, and now it's a bad place. And we got we to gotta try to get the bus out. Now we're leaving, and we can't get it out. You know what we would do? Let's get all the family out here. All of us, we're going to go and push this 20-ton bus or whatever it was, and we're going to get behind it, and we're going to start leaning into it. You know what? Sometimes it was was like, what are we doing? This thing is gigantic. We've got like 10 people trying to push this thing out. And you know, the reason why it felt like it was, because I know my strength, and I know that I can't do it. But you know one thing I wasn't going to do? I wasn't going to say, Dad, please. This is not going to happen. Dad said, get behind the bus and push. We're going to get behind the bus and push. So we get behind the bus. And you know what happened? The wheels would spin, and then at some point, it'd catch some gravel or some hard dirt, some asphalt, and the thing would start gradually moving forward. Inexplicably, this gigantic vehicle is being pushed out of the mud by these weaklings. You know what the devil will tell you? You've pushed before, nothing happened. It doesn't matter what you do. So just sit here, wait for Jesus. It's not spiritual, people. The blessed hope is not the rapture. The blessed hope is Jesus Christ. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. How hypocritical is it for us to say, I'm just waiting for Jesus. When Jesus has a desire for you right now, he wants you to to work and to get in the harness with him and to lean into something right now and you don't want nothing to do with it. I'm not saying you, you, you have the same strength physically that you had 50 years ago, but you're alive. Hey, what a blessing to have some folks here this morning. You know, they've been out of church for a while. They're back today and they're so grateful to be here. You know why? Because they're leaning in. They can't do what they used to do, but they can lean. Christian, you can lean. 
Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark. What are you pressing toward today? Paul said in verse 15, Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. If there's some area of my life that's not completely Christ-like, I'm trusting that God will reveal it to me. Just don't stop running. 1923, the AAA Championships, the top domestic track meet in the UK. There's a young man named Eric Little. He was not originally supposed to run the 400 meters, but he ended up entering and he qualified for the final. During the race, Little is running and he tripped. Either he got bumped, shouldered by somebody, but he tripped and he fell over another runner about halfway through the race. Even though he fell, Little somehow remarkably caught up with the pack. About 150 meters later, he won the race. He had to catch up 20 meters. He lost 20 meters in his running. Now, what would most runners have done? And by the way, it was his personal best after tripping and falling. You know what most runners would have done? They would, have bl- they would have gone to the race commission and, and demanded that somebody be kicked out. They would have shook, shook their fist. They would have had words after the game. They would have complained. You know what Eric Little did? He got up and he forgot the things that were behind. And he reached his body forward towards the mark and he won. He went on the next year to win gold in the 400 meters. If you remember, uh, he's the one that wouldn't run on Sunday. And yet, he didn't run because the 100 meters was on Sunday. He said, I'm not going to run in that. I'm going to enter the 400 instead. And he ended up winning the 400 gold. Remarkable story. Here's this athlete who's not an ordinary athlete because he was able to forget about what had happened before and to strain forward and focus all his energy on the goal. And he won. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Don't stop running, Christian. Don't stop running. The way is hard, but the journey is certain. The destination is guaranteed. God's going to bring you home. The question is, the things that are coming to me, the glory and the beauty of living a life that pleases Christ, it will be there in heaven. Will they be mine now so they can benefit others? Or am I going to wait till I get to heaven? Let me encourage you, believer. Press toward the mark. Let's bow our heads in prayer.